It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss. The lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision. Every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. Hello and welcome to the BBC Country Farm magazine podcast for a brand new adventure in the British countryside. My name is Fergus Collins and I'm the magazine's editor. This episode, I'm heading off to a favourite wild spot in the Brecon Beacons. It's called Langorse Lake. It's a beautiful natural lake surrounded by mountains and with fantastic spring wildlife. But I'm also interested in the tales of a mysterious creature living in its ancient depths. Here's how I got on. That's the song of the Garden Warbler. It kind of just keeps going. And that's the song of the reed warbler. Two just literally flew in. So we've got two warblers. I'm at Flangorse Lake. It's mid, absolutely mid-May. Perfect time of year. Uh, Flangorse Lake in the Brecon Beacons. It's a big, it's a glacial lake, probably about a mile wide, about 300, 350 acres. 
and it's surrounded by, well, on one side mountains and farmland, and behind me the sort of main Brecon Beacons massive. And it's a, it's a gorgeous sunny day. I've just driven down lanes of just choked with cow parsley and um, like creamy, foaming, frothy, <laughs> creamy, foamy, frothy hawthorn blossoms. And it's a, it's a stunning day. It really is just the perfect time of day. There's a dog splashing in the water. It's a beautiful lake. It's a famous spot. It's a, it's a natural lake. Wales' second largest natural lake. I think Lake Bala is the largest in uh, more towards Snowdonia. There's a green finch singing here. And a huge flitter of swans going by on the water. So I'm here today to do a little walk. There's a lot of history here. And a lot of interesting wildlife. So should hear a lot more. Uh, some interesting water birds. Particularly migrant warblers. And the lake is also famous for its monster. The Avanc of Clangorse, also known colloquially as Gorsi, which I think takes a little bit of the uh, mystery and the mystique away. But Gorsi, is, um, there's been reports of some sort of carnivorous water creature living in this lake since, um, since the 15th century. There's actually a poem about the Clangorse monster. Er a vank, er I o veen, Oivin schlech a veen a clean. O don schlein se vathon vo, Ni thanoid ban eith ano. The avank am I, Who sought for bides in hiding on the edge of the lake. Out of the waters of Savathon mere, Would not be drawn once he got here. It's, it's quite funny, it looks very calm and placid today, you can't imagine anything truly dark and dangerous living down there. Normally there's water skiers and uh, boaters out there. There's just a dog having a massive splash in the nature reserve. <laughs> Some people. So I'm going to go for a walk around the lake and see what we find. If we encounter Gorsi, that'll be extra exciting. I'm in the hamlet of Llangasti Talilhin, which has a wonderful little squat church of the square tower surrounded by yew trees, which look like um, whiskey tumblers, the way they've been trimmed. And gorgeous ancient little houses around. Um, dappled shade from giant hawthorn trees here. Lots of the largest hawthorns I've ever seen some ash trees that still aren't fully in leaf so it's a great spot, little dead end little car park, right by the lake a little picnic spot and this church, Langasty Church so that is a we've got a black cap singing here as well there he is so that's three warblers already. 
Now I'm hoping we might get four or five more warblers today. So that would be quite fun to see what we can get. The lovely thing about Langos Lake is you get wonderful meadows around the outside, or watery meadows, um, reed beds and woodland. So you've got loads of different habitats. Uh, so you, you do get quite some interesting birds, and it's a great migration stop-off. Although by, by mid-May, most of the migrating has finished. Obviously get swallows. I've just seen some sand martins go over. Lots of those around the Usk Valley. They tend to nest in little sort of sandy cliffs on the riverbank. Um, but back to Gorsi, the Langorse monster. You can hear a, a few uh, Canada geese, and there are some coots out there, mallards, a few great crested grebes out there as well nesting. So I was looking for a bit of evidence of Gorsi, this Langorse lake monster. There's a reed warbler singing from the thicket here. I've just reached a... Oh, there's a Setis warbler. Might not have got that. Explosive song. Hopefully catch that in a bit. Um, there's a thicket of ash trees and hawthorns and other bits and pieces here. It's a Gorsi, the lake... Langos Lake Monster. Um, the last recorded, the last major sighting, this was re reported in the Birmingham Post in September 1999, and it also made The Guardian. Uh, oh, and there's our uh, chiff chaff. Water skier Darren Blake found himself under attack from a monster. The 31 year old from Litchfield, Staffordshire, was on Langos Lake in the Brecon Beacons taking a break from the skiing when a five-foot fish struck. It was horrifying. I felt these huge teeth sink into my foot and pull me down. I'm just so glad to get out of the water in one piece. So this, that story is about being bitten by a pike. But of course, it created a bit of a fury about monsters. Bike, pike attacks are pretty rare, I think. I've very, very seldom heard of people being bitten by pike. But Langos Lake is famous for its large pike um, there's a, it's a very productive lake there's lots of I think there are things like bream and perch and roach yeah for a pike to attack a human is quite quite wow well, very rare indeed so that would have made a mark um, and perhaps that's what Gorsi is or Gorsi was a very large pike there's also another report from 1984 where uh, the caravan site owner's dogs jumped into the water and landed on a very large creature, which one onlooker claimed was a six-foot pike. And they've also found some interesting... Uh, there's some reports here of um, uh, the largest pike ever caught in the UK, 68 pounds, in 1846 by Mr O. Owen, but unverified... A big pike would be quite, a, quite an impressive thing to see. And um, when I've been walking around the lake here, I came across a curiosity once. I was just, I think it was about March time, walking along these water meadows. And I thought, oh, what's that object? A bit like a little bag 
on the path in front of me. Then I thought, as I got close, I thought, it looks a bit like a dead duck. Seti's warbler again, getting a bit close, closer. See if we can get that explosive burst of Seti's warbler. So I was walking along, got getting closer and closer to this strange looking lump on the path. It did, it did look like it was definitely an animal. And as I got closer, I thought, those aren't feathers. What is it? It was probably about 10 inches long, maybe more. And I looked closer, and I thought, that looks like teeth. It's sort of like a jaw. And finally, the penny dropped, and it was the head or the sort of decaying skull of a pike. And that wasn't the first time I found this. I found it on a second occasion, another one, further around the lake, on a, on a different walk. Very curious how um, heads of these large pike were just ending up, just going through a gate, ending up on the path. So I asked around, and apparently what happens is these pike come into the shallows to breed in February and March. And things like foxes or otters even grab them when they're vulnerable, drag them out and eat them. And obviously the, the bony head is the, is the thing that stays. I kind of wish I'd kept it. <laughs> so here we are, I'm in, I'm in a lovely little hazel ash, a few sycamores, a little woodland with a woodpecker, lots of... Um, Lots of chiff-chaffs, orange-tipped butterfly, a few bluebells, a little stream and a footbridge over it. Literally just a little tiny trickle. Black caps, there's a wren. Long thrushes. Teeming with life here. Haven't caught that Seti's warbler, I don't think, quite. So I think we're up to about five warblers already. Listen to that cascade of birdsong. Having drawn a blank trying to hear nightingales the other night. Reassuring to have a woodland so full of life. So back to um, Gorsi. The other theory is the Welsh word for lake monster is avanc. It also means beaver. There's a goldcrest in here as well. Um, it also means beaver. So, uh, could the, the monster be either a pike or a beaver? I think there are some plans to certainly look at reintroducing beavers around here. Uh, some lovely alder trees with their feet just in the edge of the lake here. So there's loads of buttercups now, it's buttercup time. I'm going through an area of rushes, irises, little speed wells. There's lovely little delicate pink lady smock cookie flower. They're just 
disappearing now. It's been a brilliant year for them. Some water mint, lovely alders. Here, needling like tiny silver bells of gold crests. Now take a walk down to the reed beds, um, through a meadow down to the reed beds, and see if I can get. It'd be lovely to catch a sedge warbler in full cry. Yeah, there are some here, because that's a. That's a full-on song. Oh, what I'm really pleased is um, there are some marsh orchids, I think. I need to get my ID guides out, but it's... This meadow changes character so fast. It's a waterside meadow, slightly raised above the level of the lake, and there's a lovely view of the lake. But just changing the guard here from the, from the um, lady's smock to orchids and I think if I came back in a couple of weeks this would be a blaze with orchids. There's just one or two coming up. Oh, and there's absolutely loads of electric blue damselflies. I bet they've all hatched today. Hundreds of them as I walk through towards the reed beds. Fantastic little insects. You wouldn't know they're here. They've all just hatched. Oh, there's clouds of them. Okay, I'm in the reed beds now. Must be thousands of these damselflies. flying over. Quite faint songs of reed buntings. Not um, reed buntings and reed warblers. Yeah, this is singing from the tops of little willow trees and in the reed beds. Hello, Reed Buntings. I must have just seen a, a thousand electric blue damselflies. They're tiny little things, only four centimetres, five centimetres long. But glorious, glorious little creatures. But their larvae live under the water and um, are predatory. So when you think... There must be tens of thousands of these. Their larvae must swarm over the lake bed, hunting. Amazing. There's a sedge warbler. Much faster, urgent call than the slightly more languid reed warbler. Some people have stopped to look at me looking at a sedge warbler.
Yeah, it's a cool song. How do they make that noise? You can hear a background chorus of reed walkers. Chip, chop, chip, chop, 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 chip, chop, but... This little guy's really, he's really going for it. Now I've entered into a much more watery meadow and there are, haha, <laughs> noisy crow, um, apps, hundreds of um, marsh marigolds, also known as kinkup, lovely golden flowers and big fleshy heart-shaped leaves, lovely looking. It's lovely to see so many wildflowers. You just, if you don't come to, to places where there are wildflowers in abundance, you can just think the countryside is purely green, which is a lovely colour. But actually, there are yellows there. Oh, there's a willow warbler. So I think that takes us to seven. Hello, crow. I think that takes us to seven warblers now. I can hear distant willow warblers. You might not be able to pick them up. That's a really lovely song. It's a soft, liquid cascade of notes. Surprised there's no white throats. I have heard them here before. Ah, and as I say that, there is a white throat. Just a little scratchy short call. Or is that a garden warbler? <laughs> I think it's a garden warbler. It's in there amongst all the other bird song. I just witnessed an absolute classic example of um, poor dog ownership. There's a Basically, people letting their spaniel chase geese in the water. Um, should I have a word? I think I probably should. Wish me luck. Ah, uh, so I did go and have a word. It was pretty unpleasant. Their dog was chasing through the reed beds, and you could see the warblers flying up and down. But lit all, you know, not going to catch any of the geese, but clearly distressing them, putting them up into the air. And, uh, oh, no, no, she never catches them. She just frightens them, as if that's a, that's a viable defence. So one, one of the party, there were two men, one woman. Two, two of the, both men had binoculars, so they were obviously enjoying watching the birds. Uh, and uh, I sort of said, you know, you love wildlife, but your dog's chasing it all away. Oh, I'm not, gonna, I'm not, I'm not even going to talk to you, mate. Uh, Nothing I could say would get through to them. They did call their dog in in the end. They've been doing it all around the lake. So the dog's gone in and thrashed around, chased everything. Um, so the other thing Tlangos Lake is famous for is um, it has an artificial island called a Cranock, built in the 8th or 9th century by a local king, ruler, lord, whatever, as a sort of summer palace. Well, palace is probably stretching the 
stretching it a bit, about 40, 40 metres in diameter. So it would make a, a, a safe place to, to come and uh, be protected from your enemies, plus abundant supply of freshwater fish to eat. Um, and there's a reconstruction on the lake, which is lovely, and you can walk out into it. And the water is crystal clear. A lovely orange-tipped butterfly flutter in front of me. Still fuming about the <laughs> dog walkers. Stop fuming. So there's a lovely little river here that runs into the lake. It's hard to get close. It's been fenced off, which is good. It keeps the livestock away from the edge of the river. There's loads of Canada geese here. Lily pads. This is the sort of creek where the big predator, predatory fish lie in wait. So it'd be lovely to see one. I think they're magnificent. I love fish watching. It's one of my secret pleasures. Tons of fly life on the surface of the water. I'm unable to go past a bridge without peering into the depths and seeing what lives there. Yeah, there's a bridge over the over the river here. See river, it's a large stream. There's a house sparrow on the bridge. And there's a big caravan park here. So clearly... Uh... So the water's really clear. Fringed with lilies and... rushes. Slightly noisy bridge. Can't see any fish at the moment. Tiny bit more poly- uh, yes, there's little shoals of roach. And a bigger roach, yeah, I can see it. Once you get your eye in, you start to pick them out. Oh, a fish just leapt then. A bigger fish. Yeah, there's probably about 50 roach in that shoal. Right by the caravan park, and the cranog is just ahead. Just a delightful reed bunting fluttered out from under my feet. They're such beautiful birds. Like got a white face and a black head. Or a black head and just a white bib underneath the beak. Really beautiful bird. Oh, sorry ducks. Don't want to disturb you. Oh, really big shoal of... A huge shoal of large roach. And perch in there. I'm on another little bridge. Just hundreds of fish, flashing silver as they... Oh, it's lovely. Just reminds you that water is so full of life. With their red fins, they're kind of greenish, greenish grey. Bright red fins. They occasionally just sort of... Ah, oh, yeah, there's little perches in there, little perch. Wow, it's just lovely. It's so soothing. It's like watching an aquarium here. Oh, I mean, the shoal just goes on and on and on, actually. There's probably three or four hundred fish. But I'm in the Cranog, which is a sort of thatched and wicker building. Um, and it's on the site of this stony island created, using, uh, created artificially by ancient kings about a thousand years ago. Kingdom of Brickinyog. And 
So they had a wooden causeway leading up to it and then a defensive wooden palisade. And uh, this is where they, they sort of set up camp for the summer, fishing, hunting, living the good life on the lake. And the water here is so crystal clear. I can see shoals of roach and it's lovely. It's, oh, and swallows zipping around, hunting insects and there's lily, lilies and gorgeous things. A lovely spot. Very few people out on the lake today. The wind's getting up now, so there's a bit of a chop on there. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm standing in a royal palace. Now it's time to head back to work now. But um, what a wonderful place. I, when I lived in Bristol, I barely knew this place existed. It's a really fabulous lake. Ah, bog bean. A flower I've not recognised before. Sort of sprouts up through, you know, two feet of water. Lovely little pink, pinky white flower. Bog bean. Poorly named, I'd say. Such a pretty thing. Lots of hazel, lots of alder here and hazel. Um, and willow. As I walk back to my car along the southern edge of the lake, it's just a sensational view. You've got the reed beds, like a strip of gold, and a strip of blue, which is the lake itself. A strip of green, which is farmland. And then a strip of brown, this sharp edge of um, a wonderful peak. I think it's called Dragon's Back. Uh, and it's a, a lovely peak behind there. Not very well known. It's one of the it's an outlier of the Black Mountains. Uh, I'd love to climb that and maybe make a podcast, perhaps something for the autumn. But a really perfectly, a beautiful view. This is San Martin over the reeds. Um, so difficult, this little umbellifus. I wish my knowledge was better. I wish I'd concentrated more. And uh, that's the curious thing about naming, needing to name things, needing to understand what uh, what everything is. And I had a debate with a friend, a close friend. Oh, why do you always need to know? Why can't we just enjoy it? Uh, but I think once you start to know what all these plants are, you recognise the depth of life around you. And each one has a little... Um, its own every plant and every creature has its own story from their names which are just glorious kind of folklore things to um, how about behaviour and about habitats we're looking at and give insight into what's around you and so walking the countryside becomes full of stories now I can see before I go, if I can get Seti's warbler. It's in a hedgerow, which is odd. It's normally in reed beds, but there's one. It's a song thrush. It's a bit windy here. Let's just see.
that's it. In fact, there's in a bunch of willows up here, so if we can go a bit closer. Yeah, got that, definitely. Let's have that again. It does a little sort of announcing, and then it does its full call. So a few final thoughts on Clangorse. If you live in South Wales or southwest England and you think, oh, I'd love to go somewhere with mountains and lakes, I'd better go to Snowdonia or um, Lake District. You can get a quick weekend fix here. Fantastic wildlife. Rich and varied habitats of wetland, woodland, reed bed, open water, streams, um, meadows, and you've got mountains. Well, I hope you enjoyed that walk around Tlangorse Lake, a really wonderful spot for a wild adventure. And a big thank you to Hannah Tribe for voicing the poem about the lake monster. And thanks also to Jack Bateman and Ben Hewitt for producing this podcast. As ever, you can find many more of our podcasts on Acast and the Apple Podcast app. And you can buy our wonderful award-winning print magazine at most supermarkets and big news agents. Let me know what you think of the podcast by emailing me at editor at and get your daily countryside fix at our website countryfile.com. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye now.